the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. We all have developer horror stories from language barriers to bad code to developing on time. That's why I recommend using b7dev.com. They're affordable, fast, and more importantly, trustworthy. Go to b7dev.com. Want to scale your growth faster? Games Boost 42 gives you early access to your app store revenues, allowing you to multiply your growth without losing equity. See how they can help you grow by visiting gamesboost42.com. That once again is gamesboost, the number 42.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to the app business because I've made friends. I've just really kissed up to the beasts, to the geniuses in the app space to really learn from them and get action-packed content so that we can all collectively grow. And in the kickoff to our App Masters virtual summit, we've got my friend all the way in SoCal. He, You know him as the creator of Color Switch. So we're gonna break down his process for game design, maybe tease us with some things that might be coming up in the Color color Switch team. But without further ado, let me introduce the guest. He is David Reichelt. He's been a past guest, a friend of mine, so I'm so super excited to have him back on. He created Color Switch, and it's grown to hundreds of millions of downloads. So David, welcome back, my friend. Thank you, Sir Steve. <laughs> David, the one thing I want to lead off with, and I think it's this is still a strategy that I've taken into heart, this slice and dice strategy that you always talk about from the book Thinker. Well, I'll let you name the, the book. Think Toys. Yeah, Thinker Toys, right? That's right. Talk to me uh, about how you came up with the slice and dice and how that led to you building Color Switch. Well, yes. Uh, Thinker Toys, I found randomly, I think... Back in 2010, I was sitting in a cafe in Barnes and Noble, and this book just—I just saw this book binding that had these—it was yellow with some black stripes across it—and I just thought, "Huh, what's that?" And then I look at the book, and it says, "Oh, creative thinking techniques." And I thought, start flipping through. I was like, "Whoa, I've been looking for a book like this for years." Because I—I always had the problem of I'd try to think of an idea, have a brainstorm session, and I seemed like I would. Sp- sit there for an hour and I think of like five ideas. So I was always frustrated. So finally, here's the book I had been looking for. So slice and dice is just, um, a very simple method for tearing apart. I mean, in layman's terms, you take an idea, you tear it apart and then you, you pick pieces that make up the idea and reform them with maybe pieces from other ideas and create a new idea. And, uh, that is essentially what creativity is. It's, I mean, there, there's nothing original in the universe. That's the only universe we live in. We live in a universe where things come from other things. There's no way around it. So when you learn to harness that power using techniques such as slice and dice, you can create, uh, anything you want. So that's kind of uh, a nutshell of that technique. I mean, I can go into specifics of what it is, but. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love for you to do it because I'll reference the presentation that you did in our one of our events in Vegas where you were talking about the inspiration for Color Switch. And we've seen different apps like Flight. And I love the way that you talked about Color Switch and that you're grabbing things not just from the mobile gaming space, but from Gmail, from 
Uno from Simon Says, and you were kind of combining all these ideas. And when I always talk about color switch, I'm like, the brilliance came from like the color switching and the mechanism. And I was talking to Kevin from Rising High, and he's like, you know, the speed of the ball is actually David improved upon that too. And that made a difference. So it's like these little tiny factors that went into building color switch. Yeah. Uh, anything, I mean, if you're going to have a chance to create a very inspired idea or product or a product that can connect with people, you first have to be a person who is highly inspired. And what does that mean? That means you're looking for things that inspire you from everywhere. I mean, you could get a game idea from looking at a leaf on a tree. You could get you could open a chemistry book, find information and make a game out of it. You could look at a chair or a cat. How many cat games are on the app store? There's tons. Yeah, yeah. So the cool thing about games is ideas can come from anywhere. However, I would say I'm sure it's something like 90 something percent of the games I see on the app store they're all copying each other. They're all kind of doing the same thing. I mean, I mean, even Color Switch, there's a lot of people who have either been, they've been inspired by that game. I've seen tons of games uh, that are very similar to it, or they just do the exact same kind of color switching mechanic as the main thing. And it's like, well, yeah, you can do that, but you're not gonna get the kind of result I got because it's already been done. So that's where coming, uh, that's where being an inspired person comes into effect. And so, um, slice and dice is basically a technique where you can look out in, in any information and chop it up. And all it means is <clears throat> I make a list of, uh, attributes of any idea. <clears throat> so I always give the, um, the example of a cup, a cup. If I broke it up into all its attributes could be, uh, material size, weight, shape, what its use is for. It's a product. It's universally understood. It's handheld. It's lightweight. It could be breakable. It could be not breakable. See, the, you know, I'm basically slicing up the idea of a cup into all its attributes that are there, but visually I can't see them. And so when I can't see them and I'm not aware of the specific ideas, I won't get specific results. So slicing up a cup, if I want to make a brand new cup product, then it is necessary to find something specific about one of those attributes so I can get a specific result. You don't go to the gym and say, oh, yeah, I want to work out, uh, and then go to the gym and kind of just like randomly start doing stuff. You you get specific. Okay, I want to do arm workouts. Well, if you do arm workouts, you're not going to start working out your legs because then you're not going to get the result you're looking for. So you have to find specific tools and specific techniques that will help you develop your arms. And everything is like that. And I, I think a lot of people don't have specific techniques, so they don't get specific results in their life and they don't know why. Well, here's a book filled with tools that'll help you get specific techniques and slice and dice is one of the main ones I use. Yeah, and I think I'd like I'd love for to get a little bit geeky, David, if you don't mind, where we can talk about like <laughs> just some of the elements. So like when you have the idea, because I think too many times maybe we see color switch and we're inspired by it. We want to do something similar. And I think we're taking too many of the exact same ideas where I think where you did was you looked at it and you're like, how can I improve upon it? Because a lot yeah. of the things that you drew inspiration on didn't switch colors. It wasn't like you're like, hmm, what is this switching colors thing and go things up? Yeah, so uh, there, there are a lot of games all the way back to the 80s, I'm sure 70s too 
they they had color switching, but not as the main idea. It was always some side element. Um, not, and I don't think it was really thought of as as uh, on its own something very important. So Pac Man, you eat the big Pac Man pellet. The ghosts change color. Mario, you get the flower. Your your outfit changes colors. You have the fireballs. Uno, has, you know, has the color switching uh, wild card. So all these are kind of side uh, mechanics. And so what I did was when I slice and diced all these different things, I saw this side mechanic and I thought, man, what if I made that the main mechanic? Um, and, and that, that's actually part of the technique called scamper, which is an acronym where each letter stands for a different way to manipulate an idea. And P stands for put to some other use. So I took the, the mechanic of color switching and put it to another use. So where it was used as just a side mechanic, I made it the main mechanic and the main theme of the game. And because I did something different with it, I had a different result than those games had with it, not only in the game, but outside the game and how well it did. So, um, so yeah, there, you know, there's like, I think of music too. Uh, you could use these techniques for anything. So if I was a musician, oh, I am a musician, but if I were making music, I would, if I'm inspired by Coldplay, I don't want to write exactly like Coldplay, but I might slice and dice their sound and say, you know what? I like the way they do this with the rhythm, or I like the, the way that they do this with the second guitar and combine it with part of the sound from Nirvana or something. And because I'm inspired by this, I'm inspired by that, and I'm mixing them up, I will have now my new hybrid sound. But if I just look at Coldplay and I start making songs based off of that, I'm just going to sound like Coldplay. And because of that, I'm going to have a limited result because guess what? Coldplay already has that sound. You'll never have the same result that they have. So be inspired by many things, and then you will have a big result. Besides the color switching element, the just because Kevin brought it up from Rising High – Sure. The the way the speed of the ball. Were you playing around with that? What other like small little things were you playing around with when you were creating the game? Yeah. So um, that was one of my game inspirations, and I thought I thought it would be more challenging if I added more gravity. So I definitely did play with the speed of the ball. Um, I thought I thought it'd be more challenging if you didn't know because in in that game, for example, you can always see the hole in the rotating obstacle. So you always know where you're going to have to go through. So I saw, I thought, well, what if I surprise people and the opening always changed? Um, and I didn't even know, you know, I didn't have colors yet. That, but it's like one thought, led, one specific thought led to another specific thought until it got to that main result. But yeah, I played with the gravity, the the um, theme. I changed the theme. I wanted a universal theme and. I thought, well, you can't get more universal than colors and shapes because literally everything has those elements in them. And then, you know, I took from my uh, uh, background as a magician and I put surprise in the game because I understand how su surprising a magic trick can be for people and the powerful effect it has on people. So I thought, well, what, how could I surprise people in a game? So I also took from from the magic uh, kind of mind, mindset uh, and so that's when I started thinking, well, what if I had a character who's always changing and surprising the player? And then that led to the colors and, the, you know, being based on colors. Got it. So those were really the main things I kind of focused on. I, um, 
you know, and then the inspirations of Pac-Man and Uno and Mario and Simon and all that. Um, so yeah, all these various sources, all, all the little bits, it was never one thing. And that, that's the point people should remember is, so, you know, the people who just look at my game and they just make a clone or they make something that's basically the same, you're not going to have, there is, that's not what I did. I looked at all these little things. I took little bits from all these different inspiration, these sources, and then I had an inspired idea. So you're doing yourself a disservice and you're only going to have a limited result if you only look at one thing. And that's why these techniques are so powerful because everyone has the ability to be as creative as they want. But you, just like you go to the gym and you got to work out your muscles, you have to work out your brain. And these are great techniques to do that and change your thinking and, to the point to where you start getting results that you want out of your business. I love it. I love how you broke it down and I love how it's like the tiniest pieces that were inspirations and you try to bring them all together and you gave so much thought to it. Like I think too many times we look at a game like, oh yeah, that's simple. Like, And you don't think about like how much thought really went into it how much like yeah. little things and tweaking that you had to go through just to make sure almost every little thing i love the fact that you kept it so simple like you weren't like hmm, what else you know like this is just like no this is i was already inspired by these little things and i'm gonna keep it this simple and i'm gonna keep yeah. it highly engaged too even uh even uh my sequel that will be coming out this year um same thing i i uh uh I looked at a lot of different things and took a lot of little pieces and and created uh, a a new experience. And with games, um, when you create a sequel, there's two pitfalls. One is if it's the same experience because it's not going to be exciting anymore. If I saw Lord of the Rings once, I'm not going to have the same experience when I see it again and again and again. So, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings 2 has to take it to the next step. So same thing in a game. You have to create a new experience. Number two, it can't be so different that it has no connection to the first game. So that's my goal for that one. And so I'm using the same exact process I used for the first one, except I understand it a little more. I'm a little better at it. So um, so that's the only thing that, that's, that would be different is, is hopefully I, I can get an even better result. Because I don't think, oh, my first one, that was the big hit. I'll just try to make something that does okay. No, I, I think every time I make a game, I'm like, this is the biggest. This is going to be the biggest. This is the this is the big one. Because that thought, action follows your thoughts. So if you think small, you get small you get small results. But if you think big, you get big results. Are you feeling added pressure at all? No. Um, I don't – I don't – I try not to focus on things that are, that are not out of my control, um, especially with games. I mean, games is interesting. It's, it's like an, I feel like an actor has more pressure because they're the face. Your game is your the face of you. So, um, so you know, if, if there's a lot of actors whose careers have tanked because a movie does uh, poorly and people are like, ah, well, we can't book that guy anymore. He's not going to draw on the crowd. So I feel like I feel like other industries that people are under more pressure. I I'm making games here, so um, I I, uh, all I all I focus on is how can I make a great experience, and when I nail that down, then I just get excited. I'm like, okay, I got it, which which I feel I have it for the sequel, and then I just have to get it out there. So um, I I feel like if I weren't aware of these techniques from Thinker Toys, then yeah, I mean. It could be more of a oh I hit I mean, had a one hit wonder somehow, 
And, and a lot of people, if they don't have specific techniques, um, or if they don't come naturally to them, just, uh, 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 like, you know, Mozart music came naturally to him, you know, when he was four, um, then it can be scary. It could be a lot of pressure, but when you have specific tools and you know that you use the same tools to create your other stuff, then I don't think it's, it's really a lot of pressure. Where does that come from, David? Because I put a lot of pressure on myself and I'm trying to let go of it. And I actually, I think I'm doing a better job now. And it's just through experience from my end where I'm like, okay, you know what? I can't control this. Like I need to have a more David Reichel approach to life where it's just like, I can control what I control. Let's enjoy it. But where did that come from for you? Uh, well, I, I think I think I just have mellowed out a bit. and uh, But a big reason is because when you... I've said it before, but when you do things outside of your comfort zone, it makes things that are less intense or less, um, less things that are not as uncomfortable, even, even more comfortable. So being, being in the military was the most uncomfortable thing I had to do, getting blown up, getting shot at all these different things. So anything else can't compare, you know? There's not lives on the line. Uh, there's not like uh, you've got to look over your shoulder. So, yeah, it's just I, I already stretched myself so far outside my comfort zone years ago that a lot of these other things, even though they, yeah, they could stress me out in a different way if I didn't have those experiences, because I did have those experiences, um, I'm able to stay calm. So, I mean, even earlier this year, my game was off the app store for a while. And, um, you know, it could be a scary thing to be in a situation where this thing you, you worked your whole life, you finally made this thing and now it's gone. Um, and a lot of people could be too scared to even get in that situation. But, um, I've had a lot of positive growth even from that experience and my military experience again, uh, came into effect to where I wasn't scared to have my game go off the app store and then come back because, I've been in worse situations. Like this is just business. This isn't me getting blown up in a Humvee or something. So yeah, I think having those experiences, er, people need to work on having experiences outside of their comfort zone. And the more things you do that are outside your comfort zone, the more you can handle other things that come up in a, in a mellow kind of way, you know, (laughs) you're right. Don't let's talk about the relaunch. You know, it had to go down. How did you approach the relaunch? What was your strategy in getting back up there? Did you just know that were you kind of relying on the brand and people knowing of the game? Like, what was your thought process? Well, ever since I made this game, I've always believed in it. I I knew, you know, I intentionally focused on making a game that could be around in forty years. And so, what what were my specific sources? They were games that had been around for forty years. Um, they had something about them that made them iconic or, or strong products. Um, something that was, that no matter what decade has gone by, everyone knows them, people enjoy them universally accepted. So I focused on those same kind of things. I, you know, it's almost like my game as a child of all those, the Pac-Man, the, 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 um, Super Mario brothers, Uno, Simon. Um, so, uh, when, no matter what happens with my game, I know ever since I made it that it is a child of these other these other brands that connect with people. So I have it has elements of all of those. And no matter what you do to it, 
You could take it down off the App Store or any video game platform for five years, ten years. When it comes back, there's a reason why it got 200 million plus downloads. There's something about it that connects with people. And it goes back to what I was saying. Being a highly inspired person gives you the chance to make a highly inspired product. And when it's like when I watch E.T., that's a highly inspired film. And I connect with the themes in that movie. Um, I could not see that movie for 20 years. And then if they released that movie, like, yeah, let's say it came out in the theater. I remember seeing it as a kid. And they don't – they decide, oh, we're not going to let people see this for 30 years. That movie comes out in 30 years. You can bet I'm going to go watch it like a dozen times or I'm going to buy the Blu-ray or whatever that they come out with because I had that experience with that movie that sits with me. And doesn't matter what amount of time has gone by, you can bet I'm going to I'm going to see it when I can. So I feel that's how I feel about my game. I I feel like uh, I focus on making this thing, this 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 inspired idea that that would be around for a long time. So it really doesn't matter. uh, You know, when it when it came time for that, it didn't really matter. In the back of my mind, I knew I had the feeling that it would be okay. So my strategy for the relaunch was not only get it back up there, but improve upon it. Do, you know, don't have the same thing. I wanted to have different game modes, some of the older game modes, and I wanted it to be a bit of an evolution of, of what it was. And so, and so, yeah, still the goal being to, you know, create every mode as, as best I can, but, and not give people the same experience, but give them some other, it's like, if I if I'm a player and I just lost all my content and then you just give me the same stuff, I'm like, "Wait, I already had all this stuff and now I got to do all the same work to get all the same stuff." So I also try to put myself in their perspective and okay, give them some old stuff but give them some new stuff too that hopefully is exciting and and um can uh keep people from from uh coming at you with pitchforks and whatnot. From a marketing perspective, was it as simple as just putting it back up into the store and people like finding it again? Yeah, when we first put it back up, it just shot up. Um, it was it was interesting to see. We didn't we didn't do any kind of marketing <clears throat> for for that. We um, we and then it, and then it took a dip after a while. I think what happened is the main complaint we had from people was that all the modes were gone. And so now we've gotten to a point where there's something like, I don't know, like 20 something modes in. And I think now people are realizing, oh, they're doing their best to get all this stuff back up. And now they're uh, now they're really uh, uh, coming back uh, in 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 a bigger way back to the game. Um, And and I think the message has gotten out that, hey, we we didn't you know, we didn't want to take the game down. It wasn't on my account. You know, otherwise I wouldn't have taken it down. Um, but, um, I think the, that message has gotten out and people know that we're doing our best to get it back up there. So it, it, you know, you could also think that it's people, you know, when they don't have a reason and there's not good communication as to why a product goes off, then people could, could, you know, their immediate reaction is angry, but then when they understand, then they, oh, okay. And then they, 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 uh, embrace, uh, you, uh, back again. Now with all the success, with all fans wanting to take selfies with you, how have you dealt with the success and have you made any mistakes with the success that comes from launching such a hit game? Um, I, I suppose you always make mistakes. Um, mistakes with 
trying to think. I mean, I'm sure there's things we could have done with the relaunch that could have been done better or um, uh, maybe maybe we could have been trying to have already had the sequel built by then and then do a double launch. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, there's nothing big that sticks out at the moment, but uh, I mean, every day I'm making mistakes and that's not a bad thing. It's actually a sign that you're doing good things because if you're doing the same thing every day, then you'll get the same result. But if you're doing new things, you're going to have to make mistakes to become proficient at those new things. That's just how things work. So I'm definitely making mistakes every day with this or other things. And then, um, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not like a famous actor, so I mean, the the that side of things is isn't. Re- it's not like I leave my house and there's there's like press everywhere. Um, it's, uh, but I, I I do think that having this happen in my 30s is much better than if it had happened in my 20s because I think when people have stuff that happens when they're not emotionally mature enough, they can they can. Um, when, when they don't get that anymore, you know, especially like maybe an actor or some Instagram star when they, their time has come and gone, then they feel like they needed that. Whereas it's just, I mean, it's just, um, it's a nice thing to be able to be a positive influence for people and, 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 and connect with people that way. But the idea of being famous or something is not important and, and, um, uh, should not be coveted. Um, but yeah, the good thing is if I don't wear my shirt, then I'm incognito. <laughs> well, let's end with this, David. You're so zen. I really like it. And I've gotten to hang out with you. So it's I know this is your true nature. Is there anything that you do from a personal self-help type of thing, like journaling or anything that you do on a daily basis? I don't know. I'm I've I've tried to do um I've tried to do uh organized uh, things like that, but I'm a very uh, unorganized pro- person and thinker toysing is a very unorganized thing. Anyway, you got to like think about, it, you got to shred stuff up and start like gluing it together randomly. That doesn't sound like the best thing, but it is. So that's kind of, uh, yeah, I'm, I haven't ever been too organized with things uh, other than when I have to, I mean, if I have to get a game project out, then every day I'm working on that. But, um, yeah, I think I think your mental health is very important. And even me, if I don't if I don't like hang out with people every week, like at least one, once a week, I just notice like I can get uh, more depressed or more in a negative space. So I think just getting outside at least once a week. Um, I I do hike every day, which I think helps out a lot. I'm always filming sunsets with my camera uh, gear and whatnot. So I like to just get outside. Um, when I was first making games, I would stay inside all the time and I would just have these huge slumps of, of just depression and whatnot. So yeah, I, that's all I do. I just get out, I hike every day cause your, your physical health, if you do not have that, then you cannot do, um, your business and your work. So, um, there's the physical, there's the, uh, the, uh, mental health. So you have to, you know, I think interacting with people on a regular basis is good. Other than that, I'm always trying to learn something <clears throat> new every day. It doesn't have to be a big major step, but I, you know, I like to I like to look at things I said a year ago and disagree with them because I have gotten to a, a, a slightly higher level of thinking 
And I, I think no matter what your success, like I always assume I don't know most of what is game design or anything in general. Once you stop thinking that, you're in trouble because you stop being a student and then you run into uh, being, becoming a person who's arrogant and who, whose thinking is really dead. Um, so you really, you really have to always just think to yourself, you know what, I really don't, what is a game? I have no idea, so I better study it. So I'm always studying something every day and um, getting outside and then hang out with like, I try to have like a game night at my house every week. And just, I don't know, being around people is a, is a huge benefit for your mental health because everyone, whether they realize it or not, has some kind of mental illness and depression. I mean, you're ill, you're mentally ill. So, so keep that mental health in check and do things that keep you. So, so as I've been making sure I do these daily hikes and I hang out with people every week, I don't even really get depressed anymore. But I, I started noticing that like just just this year, I started thinking, wow, I really got to hang out with people at least once a week because I, I can feel the effects when I don't, you know, you, 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 you. so all this comes in, into play in your energy when you work and, um, and what you can create and, uh, how efficient you can be. It all comes together. So you got to take care of all those other sides of your life too, which is right. what I try to do. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm the same way. I need to be around people. And sometimes you work by yourself and it's just, you feel lonely and you have your family, but they're great. But it's like yeah. the outside forces as well. Yeah. Let me ask you this one last question as you sure. brought it up. What's one thing you disagree with from the past that you said? Oh, gosh. Um, I can't think of a, a specific uh, thing at the moment. However, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I thought, I thought, who was I 10 years ago? And then who was I 10 years before that? Man. I was completely different people. I wouldn't want to go back to those people that I used to be. Um, but I mean, one thing that is more one, one key thing that I realize to always question is conventional wisdom. There's conventional wisdom in a lot of things. And it goes back to when my mom was sick back in, she got can breast cancer and she eventually, uh, died. But <clears throat> In the moment, I w we were trusting the doctors and the conventional um, wisdom of going with chemo and all this stuff. Well, it turns out that was the worst thing that we could have done. Um, I did a lot of research when my mom was sick and then afterwards. And chemo and radiation and all that without getting in, going on a rant on that, it's the worst thing you could possibly do. There are actually people who get cured in other countries and they don't do any of this stuff. Um so, but in the moment, I, we trusted the conventional wisdom, and you know, I wish I didn't have to learn that lesson with with losing my mom. But I learned always to con to question conventional wisdom. I wouldn't be doing what I do now if I went with the conventional wisdom of what you should do with your 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 life and what kind of jobs you should get. Where should I be when I'm 33? Should I be cleaning swimming pools and making games at night and doing something silly like a lot of people thought it was. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of conventional wisdom that comes from industries, from your friends and your family. And, uh, but when you start questioning that, cause there are, there are also a lot of things people say that aren't even their own opinion. They heard it from something from some outside source. And you know, it's not their opinion because you say you hear the same thought on the same thing everywhere. So it's like, wait, that's not even that person talking. They don't even realize it. So questioning conventional wisdom gets you unconventional results 
in the end. And um, if you don't question conventional wisdom, it can result in the loss of your your life or the, the, the loss of your possible business or possible relationships that could have happened if you had questioned it. I know plenty of people in my life who've never questioned that stuff, and so they've gotten very similar results. So, um, so yeah, c questioning things that are thought of as 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 the answer for a lot of things is very important because um, uh, you're you're going to get very specific results that you desire if you do so, and if you don't, then it can be detrimental in a lot of ways. No better way to end than with that. The website is colorswitch.co and you can find Color Switch in all the major app stores. David, you want to send the listeners, the watchers, anywhere else to connect with you or follow up and keep up to date with the sequel? Uh, you can connect with me on Facebook. I, I took down my Facebook account because I, I, I had so many – it was weird. I had so many people that were – friend requesting me i didn't know who they were i was like i'll just get rid of my social media but then i was like no i should have it back so i just got a new account back so yeah you can look at for me on facebook you'll see my color switch icon if you heard this podcast then just send me a message hey i was listening to C's podcast tell me a little about yourself that way i mean i i do get so many different requests and if i don't know who it is i'm like i don't know if this is like scammer or whatever but yeah find me on there you can find me on instagram at mr color switch and, um, yeah, just drop me a message, you know, if, uh, you are listening to this podcast and then, um, uh, uh, yeah, that'll be a good way to connect with me. And then, yeah, go to our website to look for updates and whatnot. But that, that is, that is the, uh, the, the details on that. Well, thank you so much. I am humbled to call you a friend and to have you as a connection so much. David is an awesome guy. If you have any questions about game design he's he'll talk your ear off and he knows a lot about it as you can tell he's very intelligent and he likes to think about these things it is a once again colorswitch.co and mr color switch on the igs i'll link all that into the show notes david thank you so much for coming on doing this you're welcome sir thank you for having me thanks for listening to the app masters podcast for show notes and amazing app marketing content check out appmasters.co